welcome to the birthday episode. Just kidding, I'm going to start that again. Friends, welcome to another episode of the Long Distance Friends podcast. My name is Liv. Howdy, hi, how we doing? All right, um, so I'm pre-recording this episode because this is coming out after my birthday weekend. And guess what? I don't plan on being capable of recording. So I'm going to record in advance. All right. And you guys get to listen to. So night. Okay. Rewind. So Taylor's version 1989 came back out and I want to talk about Taylor Swift's 1989 album and her lyricism with it as a late in life Swifty. I know I've talked about it briefly, but like the vault tracks from this album, like when we think of the 1989 album, at least myself, the songs that come to mind are Bad Blood, Shake It Off, um, Wildest Dreams style. You know, like those four songs I feel like were always on the radio, were always super like up and popular and whatever. And I didn't listen really to the rest of the album until I got older. So like this past year, out of the woods, I was like, I fuck with so hard. And it it's so good. Someone is scratching at the door. Sorry. Okay. So style, it's great. You know, it's a fun song. It's it's great. Uh Wildest Dreams, also phenomenal. Like I love the radio songs, don't get me wrong. But like I want to talk about other ones. So Out of the Woods a couple months ago was like big for me. Cause like I've been through some shit, you know, and I was going through some shit and I was like, fuck, this fits. I'm also realizing that like Taylor Swift is 10 years older than me. So right now I am the age that she was when she was writing this music and when she was feeling these feelings. And as someone who is now starting to feel these feelings and be in that phase of life, you know, like she was in her early 20s, moving to a new city and and spending time with her friends and dating and being a young woman in the world. And that's where I'm at in my life right now. Like how beautiful of an experience to be like, oh my God, like there's content that I can relate to and I can feel with. So let's, let's dive up. So I've already talked about Out of the Woods a little bit. I didn't have to, I didn't like really get into it, but like it's a good song. I like it. I fuck with it. I was going through some shit. So it, it vibed with me. Okay. Next one. All you had to do was stay. I, I do want to note that like the analogies of like being on the road and in the car are very common in this album. It's something I noticed. Curious. Very curious. All you had to do was stay. So like I get it. Like I, I feel for her of like not current relationships, but like I've had the ones where it was like, I just wanted the bare minimum. Like that's the vibe I get from this song of like, I just wanted the bare minimum. And that's all you had to give me was literally the bare minimum. And and you didn't and you fucking didn't. And like, I don't get it. So I feel for her there. Um, You know, that's a rough one. I wish you would again, early 20 year old, like a year ago. Yeah, that would have hit. That would have been like spot on the money. Okay, How You Get the Girl. I have listened to How You Get the Girl on repeat recently. I I don't know. Like, 
there's it feels nostalgic for something that hasn't happened. Like it feels nostalgic of every romance movie that we're told will happen to us one day, if that makes sense. Like it, it hasn't happened yet. It might not ever happen, but like I believe that like the kind of love that you feel when she's storytelling about it is coming for you you know that like you'll also get to feel that and I don't know it's it's encouraging for me to feel like there's someone out there who is fighting to learn how to get and keep me because I've had people get close but never enough and like I mean who like the chorus of I want you for worse or for better. I would wait forever and ever. Broke your heart. I'll put it back together. I would wait forever and ever. Like I, I think there's like a certain romanticism to the person that would wait for you. The person that would, you know, do all these things. And I feel like I've tried to, I've tried to create situations in which someone is waiting and that they haven't. And then I think back and I'm also like, well, I also didn't wait. You know, I, I've made it very clear to people that I've dated of like, I'm not waiting around. Like my time is valuable, respect it or don't, but like, I'm not going to sit here and spend my entire life waiting on a maybe for you. And I'm not going to apologize about that either because I want what I want. And like, Hey, if that's not what you want, that's fine. But like, I'm not going to sit and pine and wait. I'm going to move on and you can either catch up or leave. Like, I'm going to keep moving and either you're going to keep pace or you're not. And so like, maybe it's unfair of me to be like, somebody else should be like, but I'm also such a romantic that I'm like, like, I think of people that are like, I I don't want to get married. I don't want these things. Like I think of in this situation, like the woman that's like, I have plans that are bigger than love. I think of the Joe Marches of the world that are like, women are so much bigger than just marriage and families and and love and are more complex and have more to life than just the relationship. And that this is kind of the person that's waiting for that woman. And as much as I want to think that I am, I know that I'm not. I know that like, I'm so fit in the bell curve of most people of like, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to share my life with someone, you know, and I, I want to share my life with a lot of people. I want to share my life with my girlfriends. I want to share my life with my partner, but like who, who doesn't want a person that you get to have your shared experiences with. And it does make me sad sometimes to think back on like, a lot of my experiences thus far in life have been with people that I was dating or with friends. Like it was, I don't have a lot of solo experiences. And there's a part of me that feels like maybe I should have, you know, that maybe I should have more individual experiences in life and in love and in all of these things. But like, that's not what I want, you know, like I've been told that that's what I should want, but that's not what I want. I want memories that live on beyond me. I want memories that, you know, okay, so I'm I'm going to tangent here. I think of the memories of my girlhood and I 
think of the women that I associate with it. Um, there's a girl from my childhood who was one of my best friends for years in middle school. And she and I were really, really close. And I have just the fondest memories of riding bikes with her and being in the back seat of her mom's Jeep with the song Rude playing as we're driving by the beach and laughing and singing and having the windows down and the ocean breeze coming into the car. And like, when I think of the happy memories of my girlhood, they're always with the other girls I was with. I don't think of the happy memories of my childhood where I was alone, you know, like what a joy it is to have community. What a joy it is to have friends and loved ones because, you know, I, I look back at it and I think that like the love that I do have for all of the women that I was a girl with, you know, I love continuing to be able to see where their lives have gone. And I think about older generations that had the women that they were girls with, and then they just disappeared. And I think about how much I wonder where those girls are now and the women that they grew to be. And sometimes I wonder if they think the same thing about me. And I know they probably don't. I know that I probably think about these things way more than any of them, but like, what a beautiful thing to see people who are now living lives that like I would have never expected for them. I would have never thought that they would grow into, but being able to then go back and look at how they got there and go, oh my God, I'm so proud of her for learning to prioritize herself. My God, I'm so proud of the women that grew up one way and had the courage to say, I'm going to try something different and it's going to scare me and I'm afraid because I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do it because my life feels a calling towards here. What a beautiful thing. And it, I, I got here from a different song. I don't, I'm sorry that like, I, I'm not going to apologize. I'm not sorry, but like, what a beautiful, sorry, what a beautiful thing it is you know, to, to have people that we care about. And I'm now going to tangent into, I'm going to turn into, I, when I can't sleep, sometimes I have, you know, those like late night thoughts. And I usually try to document them in my notes app. Sometimes I send them to my girlfriend, Sarah. Sarah's been on the show. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and give it a listen because it was honestly like a really good episode. And I, Absolutely love you, Sarah. I plan on getting her back on here a pronto. But like, wow, I did not realize how much I have texted her recently. I'm trying to find a thought that I had with her. Um, let me see. Do, 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 do. Okay, I can't find it. So I'm going to go to my notes folder where in the middle of the night, I will post things. Um I feel like my my healings come in the middle of the night and they come when it's least expected and it comes when I can't sleep. You know, those are the moments that I think I have these little breakthrough tidbits of wisdom. And, you know, I, I've been listening to a lot of Taylor's version, uh, 1989. And, you know, 
she talks about love a lot. And like, of course, you know, we're, I'm at the age that she was at when she was writing this. And and it is a big topic because we all want to be loved and we all want to love. But I was laying in bed and I pulled out my phone to write. And I said, sometimes I wonder if I've actually been in love or if I've just believed that any time I felt a shred of attachment or excitement about a person, that that must be it. And it worries me if I actually know how to love, know how how to know when others love me and how to accept their love. Because that's a scary thought. Like when you really think about it, like I'm listening to love songs that make me feel a certain type of way. And then I look back at all of the people that have ever told me, I love you, or I've told them, you know, I love you. And I'm able to go back and look at it and go, I did have love for this person. But it's not like the type of love that I want to have for like my life's partner, you know? And what does that feel like? What does it feel like to love someone to the point that you want to share your life with them? You know, like, I don't know what that's like. And I'm sure if any of them listen to this and are like, this is someone who told me they loved me. I did, but there's different types of love, you know, like the English language is so minuscule and its ability to portray feelings with words, you know, there's a difference between like, I love you. And that is me saying that like, I have a love for you. I care for you. I care for you in a way that is familial or friend-like or sibling-ish. Like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but like, because you are in my life, I care for you. And I, I don't know how to put that into words besides I'll just say, I love you. You know, Hey, I care for you. I care about you. And I think there's this rush to feel loved and be loved. And how much time does it take to get there? You know, like how, How do you know that that's what you're actually feeling? How do I know that I'm not just infatuated? How do I know that the love is the same thing that these people are writing about? You know, you're in love, Taylor's version. We're going to start looking at that while I'm talking about this. I'm going to read the chorus because obviously you can hear it in the silence You can feel it on the way home. You can see it with the lights out. You're in love. True love, you're in love. It's there. It's all-encompassing. Okay. How the fuck do I know when I'm feeling that, though? Like, is this me realizing that I've never truly been loved? Is this me realizing that I have never truly, deeply loved someone else? And when you realize that, At some point, you also have to stop and wonder, am I capable? Is someone else going to be capable of loving me like this? There's a line in verse two, and for once you let go of your fears and your ghosts. So I'm, I'm a really structured type of person. Not necessarily because I want to be, but because it helps me feel safe. It just, 
is how it is. You know, I, I feel like I need this structure and maybe it's because it makes me feel like I have some shred of control. It's probably it if I'm being honest with us, but I like the timeline. I like knowing, okay, when this happens and this is the response and I know that it comes from a place of, there used to be fear. You know, I don't feel like I feel as much fear anymore, but like, I know that I've felt a lot of fear in my life, especially revolving around partnerships. You know, I know that it's taken me a lot of years of therapy to work through being a really anxious partner. I know that it's taken me a lot of time to think about how, how do I let someone in? And I used to use my most vulnerable moments and traumas in a way that was almost weaponized, where I would tell people so quickly, here's every dark, twisty thing that's happened to me. And I think I was doing it in a way that was kind of like run, you know? Okay. Like, what are you going to do? Add to it? Go ahead. And I think there's two parts out of like, one, I didn't realize that I was basically giving them a guidebook of here's how much I'll take. So there were some people who were like, okay, as long as I don't go that far, she'll put up with it. And then when I started kind of being like, no, I'm not going to put up with really small things. They were like, but you've put up with that and you told me that you have. And I was like, right. And I learned from it. I learned from it so that I won't put up with your bullshit. But then also realizing that like those people didn't, they hadn't earned the right to know me that intimately. And I didn't realize how intimate those things were. I didn't realize the vulnerability that came with sharing like, hey, here's a moment that like I say didn't hurt, but it did. That, you know, while I had this idea that I was giving them a guidebook to here's why I am the way that I am, hey, you haven't earned, I don't know you well enough to give you the guidebook. I don't know if you need that guide yet. I I haven't decided if I want to make the investment that like, I want you to understand me. I want you to understand my fears. Because then I can release them and I can let go of them and I don't have to have them. And, you know, it it makes me wonder sometimes like, and for once you let go of your fears and your ghosts. And I, I like to think that uh, they're gone. I don't have them. But I think about how early on in dating, how an ex-boyfriend four exes ago has still made an impact where when someone opens their phone and I see women's names, I do feel my heart rate go up and I feel a little shred of anxiety of nervousness because, you know, I spent years having someone tell me it's just a friend and you're being crazy and finding out, no, everything that I thought was going on was happening. So how do I, how do I really let go of that? I've been in therapy. I've been doing the work on my own, but how do I just accept that someone loves me enough that I can fully trust them to not hurt me, that I can welcome them into a position in my life where I have a moderate dependency on them, where they are influential in my decision-making and they are influential in who I am from there on out and how my life moves 
but I can still trust that they are taking my best interests into effect, that they're thinking about me also when making decisions, that they are not putting me in a position where I'm in danger, where I am uncomfortable, where they are thinking ahead of, hey, these are things that have caused you pain and and hurt in the past. And that's never something that will ever cross my mind. And that I'm reassured that like, that's not something that will ever happen again, you know, because even if I am consciously looking at someone and going, this person wouldn't do that to me, there's still the ghost of, yeah, but you had someone reassure you before and it still did. And this was someone that you thought you loved, that you thought loved you. And no matter how toxic it was, I I know that they did love me for what they were capable of, but it wasn't enough. You know, I want to be loved so immensely. I want to be loved unlike I have ever known before. And I think, unfortunately, it's part of life to experience, you know, the opposite because you can't appreciate it if you don't experience the pain. You know, I I stand on that hill all the time of, God, I'm so grateful for every horrible thing that has happened in my life because I can wake up and see such beautiful things in mundaneness and in the calm and I appreciate it and I respect it so much more. So yeah, like I just, you know, I don't, I don't know what it's like to, to feel that. Um, let's, let's go to the new romantics. I want to make a comment. I want to publicly apologize to all of the long-term Swifties. I really love the song new romantics. Um, but here's the thing. Where is it? Um, like I do feel it. I, I feel this song so much. Cause again, this is, she's in her twenties writing this, her friends are in their twenties and they're like, we are a hot mess express. And I'm like, gotcha, bitch. Um, where's the line? Okay. Here it is. This is a line that I misheard. The line is cause baby, I could build a castle out of all the bricks they threw at me for for a hot minute, I have been singing, like, I don't even know. I don't even know what I was singing, but I was driving this morning listening to it. And I was like, hold on. And I had to like pause it. And I was like, I thought she was saying I could feel the castle with all like the bricks they threw at me. Not I could build a castle from all the bricks they threw at me. And it took me a minute because I was like, this is this is a period of time where, I don't know if you remember 2014, but the media loved to shit on a very young Taylor Swift. A very young Taylor Swift was just trying to fucking live her fucking life and was like, I, the celebrity world is a small town. The celebrity world is a small town that is on a global spotlight, Okay. Think of your small town where you're like, she fucked him and she fucked him and he fucked her brother and like tea. But that's just known amongst the town. You can pick up and you can move to a new city and no one would know your shit. 
You can't do that as a celebrity. You do that as a celebrity. And the minuscule things of like your high school drama, your high school drama that you thought was going to ruin your life actually has the ability to because you are on a global stage. There's a spotlight on you. You have paparazzis following you. If I was at this age and I was having the public criticism that she had, I don't know how I would have survived it. Like, I don't think I would have, you know, of like, oh, so you're dating a million people and nobody actually wants you. That's tough, isn't it? So you keep writing all these silly little love songs, but no one's loved you, huh? I guess it's just one-sided. Maybe if you were skinnier and prettier, they would love you. I'd kill myself. Honestly, I would just say goodbye. And she fucking kept powering through and like, that's so tough. And like, you also think about all of the celebrities that are like, you kind of get stunted at the age you got famous at. It's similar to you get stunted at the age you're traumatized at unless you put in the work. So like, how much work has this poor woman had to do to be like every embarrassing, last week I talked about like to be human is to be embarrassed. Every embarrassing moment that could ever happen to me has happened to me under spotlight, has been wildly sensationalized. That's so depressing. Like, I feel so sorry for her because, like, that sucks. That genuinely sucks. But what do I know? I'm just little old me. But yeah, so that was that was a lyric that I misheard. Um, I do want to talk about the vault tracks. Okay. I want to talk about the vaulty tees. First one is slut exclamation point. And because there's an exclamation point, you're like, oh, like, this is going to be like a fun poppy song because also this was when she moved into pop music okay she was she was more country up until this point um and it is not it is slow it's almost ballady the pre-chorus i kind of fuck with got love struck went straight to my head got love sick all over my bed love to think you'll never forget handprints in wet cement Adorned with smoke on my clothes, love lorn and nobody knows, love thorns all over this rose, I'll pray the pay the price you won't. Again, she is publicly, publicly being criticized for everything she does. And the men who she are she's dating are not. You know, they're like, oh, you fucked Taylor Swift. Nice. How was it? And she's getting. Mm. Not very girls ne- girl next door of you. You know, like it, it's fucked up. Um, but like, it's kind of sad. Like, it's a beautiful song, but it is kind of sad. Um, Say Don't Go. Say Don't Go was a good one. The genius title track's explanation of it is, uh, this is long as fuck. Say Don't Go presents a heartfelt narrative of longing and heartbreak. The second vault track from Taylor Swift's re-release of re-released version of 1989, it delves into the complexities of a relationship where the protagonist feels vulnerable and uncertain, painting a picture of emotional turmoil, including feelings of sadness, anxiety, longing. The song encapsulates the desire for the other person to stay, juxtaposed with the pain of feeling let on, ignored, and left behind. I want to know if this is the one that... Like, I fuck with it. Again, it... It's like a little sour, but like it's good. I have two favorites, okay? And this one is one of them. Now that we don't talk. I don't know if you've seen the meme 
on TikTok going around where it's Taylor's mom, where if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. If you're not, I just hope that you know it. But it's like some of her lyrics, because, you know, like the songs that she was releasing at the time, like these vault tracks, some of them are horny. Some of them are definitely horny. And people are like, Andrea had to have been like, oh, we're not putting that on the radio. Yeah, no, um, you, you're not releasing that. Actually, um, that is a bit vulgar when I read it. When I listen to it, it sounds beautiful. But when I read it, horny. So it's like her caught off guard and she's like, and people are like putting her different lyrics on it. So like, if you have not listened to I Can See You, it's a it's a pretty, pretty juiced up song. Like 19 year old Taylor Swift was horned up. Okay. And I love it for her. All right. It's, it's hot. It's sexy. We love it. But now that we don't talk, um, first of all, the chorus, I call my mom. She said that it was for the best. Remind myself the more I gave, you'd want me less. Hold the fucking phone. Okay. Because we've all been here. We have all been here of the person that you are like, I'm investing so much when you're like really young and you don't know better. The person who like, liked you because you were not into them and then you start investing in them and then suddenly they're like ew the fuck is that okay you wanted me you gave me your number and now me actually being like oh okay I'll give it a try I'll get interested I'll do these things now suddenly you're not interested why are you like I mean it now makes sense to like blank space where she's like, boys only want love if it's torture. Don't say I didn't warn you. And is also writing, the more I gave, you'd want me less. So I'll go back to who I was when I was a mystery to you before you knew me. Damn, bitch. Damn, bitch. Anyways, um, I cannot be your friend, so I pay the price of what I lost and what it costs now that we don't talk. It's so like, I call my mom. She says to get it off my chest. Remind myself the way you faded till I left. I cannot be your friend, so I'll pay the price of what I lost and what it costs now that we don't talk. Um, I do love the people that are, like, also stitching the line. I don't have to pretend I like acid rock or that I'd like to be on a mega yacht with important men who think important thoughts. Guess I am better off now that we don't talk. Um what what was your what was your moment of that with people? Like, guess I don't have to pretend to want to meal prep every day and that you shitting your pants is normal or that, you know, laundry list of other things. We all have them. So glad that I don't have to pretend like benders were normal. But again, you know, you don't you don't know until you learn it. And and sometimes we have to learn things the hard way. But yeah, this is so fun because it's like the poppy, like, I'm angry now. Like, she's in anger. She's in anger. And she's like, you're searching. Oh, God, there's the line of like, we're, we're going to skip Suburban Legends. We're going straight to Is It Over Now? Is It Over Now? I fucking love. Okay. Like, you search in every maiden's bed for something greater. The later version of this is you search in every model's bed for something greater. Spoiler alert. Um, the ex at the time started sleeping with models after, right? So a lot of these are about Harry Styles, allegedly. 
pop a hair, what it would do. Now, I know, I know this was Harry 10 years ago, which is weird to think about. Like, that's something that I think is so funny is that we're listening to these songs and we're thinking of them now. And I love the girls that are like, hey, just a reminder here. Okay. This version is who she's singing about. This version with the floppy hair and like the boy band is who's making her pop these fucking bitches out. Also, this is the version of her 10 years ago, like peplum skirt and chevron. Okay. Because that's what was cool in 2014. Ooh. Anywho. Um, so this is one of the ones that like Andrea gifts or, or memes are going to. Was it over when she laid down on your couch? Was it over when he unbuttoned my blouse? That line alone, like her being like shocked. He did what? He he unbuttoned your blouse? Bebe, don't put that on the radio. We're not releasing that. Also, the blue dress on a boat line. I I was not like following Taylor that heavily. And the lore of it, of she was like on vacation with Harry Styles. They went to a private island and then Pops, the paparazzis, took a photo of her in a blue dress on a boat by herself where he stayed on the island with other people and like she left alone. And like that was like the breakup. I was like messy. But it's her, like the boat is going and she's sitting with sunglasses on. She's like an iconic. So I've been listening to it a lot. I just, I'm really enjoying her re-releases. I think that she does a lot for women in the creative industry. I think I think it's fun to look at someone who's been pivotal in my childhood, but like I didn't acknowledge it of like, you know, growing up and learning more about this public hatred towards her was unfair and cruel because she was just a girl growing up and experiencing normal things in an unnatural environment and was being bullied the same way everyone else is, except she was being bullied by people who should have known better, adults, by the whole world for being a girl, for being a girl who's growing up and is testing the waters and is trying to find the same love that all of us are worried we'll never find. And for publicly talking about it, for writing songs that were autobiographical, that were about what she was living and experiencing while it was happening, for giving a voice to every person that's been that age and has felt that feeling but didn't have the words to, to describe it, to for giving them something that made them feel seen. Are we just, were, were we as a society just upset that she was giving comfort and voice to young women? And now we have to ask ourselves, why was there such a public hatred then of young women? Why was, was there such anger that a voice was being given to them that, hey, these big feelings that are heavy and intense are natural and okay and you're going to get through it, but you have to feel it and everybody else is going to feel them too. Now, if it was a man, would it be the same way? If it was a guy singing about heartbreak? that age would he be praised the answer is yes because that's what we do we go oh, he's such a good songwriter he's brilliant he's so intuitive and he's so emotional and he gets it but we don't give that recognition to her 
and growing up and seeing that is really sad because I was someone that that was really mean towards Taylor Swift of like, yeah, like she fucking sucks. You know, Kanye's cool. I love Kim Kardashian. Taylor's a snake. Taylor was a 20-something-year-old girl who was just trying to navigate life and then got bullied by the popular kids. I hope she and uh, Travis Kelsey get married. That would be my royal wedding. My American royal wedding, for sure. Um, I want a Netflix special on it. I want a documentary on it. I want all the coverage. Um, It's phenomenal. I think I might go see the Eras concert tour movie again. I'm excited for it to come out um, at home so that I can just do a workout of performing it because I feel like that would that would get me in shape real quick. But thank you for coming to my Taylor Swift rant. I don't know how long I've been recording for, honestly. Um, I know I didn't go over every single song, but it just her music feels good, okay? And if I bored you, I don't care. Come back next week and I'll be talking about something different. By the time this comes out, I will have gone to a football game. I'm sure it was fun. I'm sure Alabama won. If Alabama loses to UK, I'm going to lose my fucking mind because that would be such a slap in the face insult. Um, So I'm assuming Bama won. And if they did not win, I will come back on here and I will record an episode and I will apologize to the world. But I don't think that's going to happen. Have a great week. I love you all. Happy Scorpio season. Um, Happy birthday to myself. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, bye. Love you.